Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just wanna make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review, that would be very appreciated. All right guys, let's dive in. And I decided, well, you know what? I want to be the principal in the transaction. I want to be the one buying. I want to be the one selling. Right. I want to be in control of, of my destiny. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on Just Our Real Estate. I am excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be back in town. Uh, I just got back from Flip Hacking Live. Uh, as you're listening to this, it's been probably a few weeks back, but uh, got a chance to speak to some great folks, uh, great investors from around the country. Had a really, really good time talking to them. It super fired me up and invigorated me to come back and just share with you guys my own real estate investing program to kind of blow up that in certain areas and just really, really excited for everything that I have going on. And I'm excited to bring you guys my guest today. Today on the show, I have George Fajardio. Uh, he started his career in the mortgage and finance industry back in 2002. And in order to pursue his interests on a larger scale, he built his own mortgage company and was able to help tons of people during the financial crisis between 2008 and 2015. He established the key to, uh, Keystone Property Investments in 2015 as has, and has since bought and sold over 100 properties, both single-family and multifamily. Uh, Keystone has lucrative joint ventures in place, which allow the company to scale and take on several projects simultaneously throughout different parts of the state of Florida. Uh, he also is working on a software that is pretty cool. It sounds really cool. I've never used it, full disclosure, uh, but I'm going to check it out myself. And it's really, it's a lead gen software. It's designed to help you generate great quality quality, motivated leads at a fraction of the price of what you're doing now. So uh, we talk about that a little bit uh, at the end of the interview. So you can check that out if you're interested. But guys, without any further ado, I give you George Fajardio. All right, George, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you taking time to spend with us here and uh, uh, tell us about your story and what you guys have going on, because you have some cool stuff, very exciting stuff going on. And I want to make sure we can cover all that for the listeners. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, in just sort of reading about you, learning about you a little bit more before you, we we talked here, uh, and I know we'll touch on it, you've got some technology behind you and stuff you're working on that I think is going to be really, really cool to dive into uh, with the listeners. I know beforehand, before we jumped on live, uh, we chatted for a second and, and you were just kind of like, hey, do you want to do this on the show or do it now? I, I really want to learn about it with the listeners, but I'm excited about it because I think there's some stuff here that could make a ton of sense. So uh, we'll dive in and, and I won't I won't ask you too hard. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'll ask, I'll ask questions, man. I'm just going to ask questions like someone who might be interested. So sure, uh, I'm sure, sure you're ready for all that, though. So I'm not oh, yeah. worried about you. All right. Uh, first of all, though, because I have I've read your bio and I've read about you and I know some of your background, but everyone listening doesn't know as much as I do. So why don't you give us a bit of a brief history about who you are, what your background is and how you ended up in real estate? Sure, sure. So 
Um, I've basically been in real estate my entire career. I, um, I started fresh out of college uh, in the mortgage industry as a loan officer. And uh, eventually from there, I went on to, uh, to open up my own uh, broker shop uh, on, the, on the mortgage lending side. And um, everything was going great right up until about 2008. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we all remember what happened then with oh, yeah. uh, the mortgage meltdown and, uh, and the housing crisis and everything. Yep. And um, so overnight, uh, I, I found myself having to uh, basically close down shop. Uh, because lending had essentially dried up. And so in trying to figure out what to do, I, I actually ended up uh, taking my my lending and banking experience and knowledge and, um, and pivoting into uh, the consumer um, protection side of it, uh, going to work for a, uh, for a law firm that mm. specialized in foreclosure defense and loss mitigation. And so with my knowledge and experience at the time, I, um, I ended up heading up the, the loss mitigation department for the law firm. And basically what we did uh, during that time is, um, uh, you know, we would attend mediations or hearings and, uh, and negotiate settlements on behalf of the distressed borrowers mm. with the banks. And so the attorneys would do their thing. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, you know, attorneys are attorneys and, and they know their side of it, the legal side of it. Uh, but the bank would have, um, you know, their their own analyst or, or expert on their side. And so my job was to be the counterpart and essentially, you know, uh, you know, just hash out numbers, just pounding out numbers and figuring out some sort of settlement yeah. uh, on behalf of that borrower, which we now know as uh, loan modifications, short sales, short sure. payoffs. And so back, you know, back in that time, it was actually as, as, as early as uh, late 2007, um, you know, uh, we were negotiating short sales before before anyone, you know, even knew what they were. It wasn't right. a popular term back then. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously, you know, very, very quickly it cut on and, and everybody became very familiar with it. But, uh, but, you know, that's how I got my start. And so um, one of the things I noticed over the years, uh, because I, I did that from about 2000, late 2007, all the way through about 2015 or so. Um, and um, what I was noticing is uh, that there was a lot of the same investors coming back and being repeat buyers for for our clients' short sales. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was I was very intrigued by that. And so, you know, little by little, I, I started, um, you know, familiarizing myself with with the whole investing side. Now, up until then, I had um, I had I had you know I, I had two um, uh, rental properties that I had bought traditionally with traditional financing. Okay. Uh, you know, Fannie Mae, you know, twenty percent down and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I actually ended up having to short sell myself when when the crisis hit, <laughs> uh, and so. Um, uh, as I saw these investors coming back for more, I started to talk to them a little more and familiarize myself. And, and I decided, well, you know, I, I want to be on that side of the fence with these guys. So I started learning about wholesaling and uh, creative financing and, yeah. and all these other strategies and techniques that, that I use to this day. And, uh, and, and so that's basically how I got my start. Um, you know, right around 2015, I uh, decided to leave the law firm and, uh, and I went into business for myself and, uh, and, you know, my first deal was, uh, was a, a wholesale, but it was, uh, it was basically, uh, it was a, a probate, 
uh, uh, subject to, and uh, and I believe the seller was also in pre foreclosure. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so there was a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, that was busy. But um, but you know, uh, that first that first um, uh, check I got from from that first deal was about three months worth of my my salary at the at the firm. Right. And mind you, I was making six figures. And, um, you know, that one paycheck was basically just, yeah, about three months or so wow. worth of, of, uh, of my salary. So, you yeah, know, I, I didn't look back after that. That'll get your attention. <laughs> three months salary in one, in one thing. Yeah. yeah. So when you were just out of curiosity, when you were working, uh, through those short sales and things back early on, right. Even before the, the big wave hit, was it, were, I, I know that that wasn't the beginning of the short sale, but were banks like a little bit caught off guard or, or was it like, how bad was it when like 08, 09, 2010, yeah. like how, how crazy did it get and, and what kind of things did you see back then? Well, so you're right. You know, loan modifications, short sales, those were not new concepts, but they were, you know, basically stuffed away in the back drawer somewhere. And, right. and, and when, and when the crisis hit, uh, everybody had to kind of pull it out and, and dust it off and, and sort of, you know, refamiliarize themselves with it. Um, I myself um, didn't really know much about it. Um, and, uh, you know, I basically trained myself on the fly with my own two properties, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, just reaching out to the bank uh, because I was underwater and the tenants were not paying and I was just looking for a solution. Yeah. And so it was kind of by trial and error. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it, it varied from, from servicer to servicer and, you know, we say banks, but the reality is, you know, you're dealing with the servicing company, which yeah. is the third party, uh, company that, uh, that the banks usually hire to, to service and manage their, yeah. their loans, you know? Uh, and so it, it really did vary, uh, from, from, from company to company, servicer to servicer, as you went through. And then, you know, eventually with the making homes affordable program that was rolled out at the time, it was all incentive based. And so, um, you know, I hate to say, it, but you know, the lenders weren't, you know, modifying or, or, or approving short sales out of the kindness of their hearts. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were being incentivized on the back end, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and basically getting paid for, for, for every, for every homeowner that they actually helped. And so, you know, Hey, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever, I guess, whatever it took at the time to, sure. to try to Absolutely. get through the issue, through the problems. So once you did that first deal and you made a ton of money on it what were your thoughts? Like, what, what did you have a plan? Like, Oh man, I'm all in now. Or did it still take time or how long did it take you to really decide that real estate investing was what you wanted to do? Well, uh, you know, I had already made up my mind at that point. Um, and so I started the company. It was uh, late 2015. Um, at that point we were already starting to come out of the the recession if you will uh the market had already you know was already improving it was yeah. it was it was you know starting to basically go back on the on the on the upside of the cycle and so i had made i had already made up my mind and um um funny enough um when i started the company it, it was because i kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, you know, we weren't getting as many clients and uh, eventually yeah. came a time where I knew they weren't going to be able to afford me anymore. Yeah. And so I, I, I had to make another pivot. Right. And I decided, well, 
you know what? I want to be the principal in the transaction. I want to be the one buying. I want to be the one selling. Right. I want to be in control of, of my destiny. Yep. And so, and so, you know, that, that first deal I had actually already, I had just left the firm, but it was a referral from, from the firm. Mm. Um, and, uh, and it worked out and, and, and yeah, there, there was no looking back. So, um, you know, at first, um, you know, I didn't have uh, big reserves or anything like that. So I, I literally did have to uh, pull myself up from the bootstraps, as as they say, right? Um, and uh, and it was mainly by wholesaling. Okay. Um, I remember uh, focusing on 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 just uh, marketing, sending out mailers. Uh, uh, you know, I was even getting deals off of the MLS, off mm-hmm. of Zillow. Um, I got, you know, I would get deals from, from driving for dollars. I would, you know, see a, a sign with the, you know, the, the high grass and kind of unkept yep. and I would call the real estate sign and, and believe it or not, I made a lot of good contacts and, and, and connections that, that I still do business with to this day from literally pulling over and calling a sign as yep. I'm driving and, 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 and building a relationship with that, with that realtor. And, um, you know, it's like, I try to tell people, I mean, there was times where, you know, let's say I'd had two, three deals in the pipeline and I would actually go to, that's how I'd learned to raise capital. I started small. I would, I would go to friends and family and say, Hey, I need, we're in South Florida. So yep. people expect higher deposits here, a mm. uh, minimum thousand dollars. And sometimes it could be as high as $5,000. And so obviously when you're wholesaling, you're, you know, if you do it right, you're, you're protected by your inspection periods and your certain clauses that allow you to make sure you don't, you don't lose that deposit. Yep. But you know, when you have a lot of deals in the pipeline, uh, what I would do um, is I was actually go to, to friends and family investors and say, hey, you know, this is how it works. If you invest $1,000 for a two-week period, uh, if it closes, uh, you know, I'll pay you, you know, 20% on your money, you know, for right. two weeks. Right. For $1,000, I'll give you 1200 back. What did I care if I was making 10, 15, you know, in some cases, I mean, I've made as high as 50000 on one transaction. Right. And so, and so um, that's how I started little by little. Um uh, just uh, working with friends and family and, and basically yeah. giving them value because, okay, you have, you know, thousand dollars in your bank account, you know, hold it for two weeks, you get money back. If it doesn't close, however, then you get it back and, um, and, you know, but you don't lose it. So it's protected. Sure. And yeah. of course I would, you know, make sure of that. Um, and so I, I would have a lot of people, a lot of friends coming back and wanting to do it over and over and over. Yeah. And, yeah. um, <laughs> And, and so that's how I, I transitioned from from strictly wholesaling for about the first year, year and a half or so, to then starting to to do um, some rehabs, where, um, you know, without really without really being conscious of it at the time or, or knowing, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the syndication model now, or or um, or you know, joint ventures. I was doing it through joint ventures at first, where I would get approved for the for the hard money. But then I would raise the capital. I would call it the debt, the, the equity side. So yeah. I would raise the the debt side, and then I would have a joint venture funding partner come in with the with sure. the um, equity side, and we would just split the profits. And um, and that's how I started uh, rehabbing. And okay. so I went from one deal to the next, and um, you know, uh, 2017, 2018, we were you know doing maybe uh, eight to twelve houses a quarter. Okay. Um, during that time. 
and, um, and, 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 you know, little by little, the company started to grow, but yeah, I remember, you know, not knowing where the money for the, for the next deal was going to come from, <laughs> yeah. but I knew I had to come up with it somehow. And, and yeah. so, you know, just kind of awesome. stepped out of the comfort zone too. So what to does your business happen. look like today? So today we're, we're a lot more diversified. So, um, I I'm doing less wholesales, although I still love wholesales and I think it's a, it's a great way, uh, to, to make quick cash flow, Um, and, and even with the wholesales we do now, we do a lot of, um, uh, you know, basically the remote wholesale. So we're, we're a lot of different markets. Um, we're doing some more high end flips, uh, here in South Florida. Um, we're, you know, we're also, um, we, we started implementing the, the Burr method. Hmm. Uh, so we started refinancing some of our flips, paying out the lenders and the, uh, you know, the hard money lenders and the investors and getting some more favorable terms and actually keeping the property. Uh, so we've been building our, our portfolio. Some are traditional rentals, uh, some are uh, vacation rentals, hmm. uh, you know, so Airbnb, VRBO, sure. that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and, um, and then since then we've done also a few multifamily syndications, um, you know, on the smaller side, uh, around, you know, between 10 and 20 units. Okay. Um, and so right now we're actively rehabbing a, a 12 unit, which we intend to, um, it, it, it's beachside here in central Florida, and then a beachside town. And so we intend to convert that into a, uh, reposition it as a, as a vacation rental, oh, okay. a beachside vacation rental. Nice. So that's an exciting project that we hope will be, will be ready here in January, nice. just in time for our peak season down here. Nice. So what, how is the market affecting you? And since, you know, you started back in 2015, how are you handling the change in the market? What do you think may possibly be coming and how are you kind of positioning your company for that? Yeah. So, um, I definitely feel like we're at or reaching the top of the market um, where, you know, I'm looking at at prices in areas that, that I'm familiar with that I farmed where, you know, let's say, you know, there's certain areas that I've done half a dozen to 10 or even more within literally the same neighborhood where Mm -hmm. I can drive around a four or five block radius and say, Oh, I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. And I remember, you know, I know the prices I bought these houses at, you know, two years ago, uh, three years ago. And, uh, well, funny, uh, I'll tell you funny story. So, um, you know, one of these, uh, that we actually now are, um, uh, uh, renting out as a vacation rental. Um, I had someone that had a house around the corner, literally a block away, a block down, a block over. And they, they saw that, that, that we refinanced it and what we traded at with the refi. And they reached out to us and say, Hey, listen, we have a house here that uh, you might be interested if you want to buy it. Um, which is another neat thing when people know when you get sure. Yeah. You know, when people get to know you in your market, they actually bring you deals, which yep. is a nice benefit. Yep. Um, so, you know, he brings me this, this property and, you know, I have a price in mind and he's telling me that he wants the retail price and, and I'll give you the numbers. I mean, my house, I bought, you know, about 200 and it was about 230,000, uh, in 2018, early, early 2018. And right now it's appraising at over 500. Okay. Uh, but we put a hundred thousand into it. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. still a nice spread. Uh, but, um, but you know, here we are now in 2021 and he's asking 500 for his, 
which still needs a hundred and hundred fifty thousand sure. yeah, worth of work. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the property. There's yeah. an unfinished addition. He's got a bunch of uh, <laughs> lien uh, violations and, and yeah. fines that are turning into liens, and uh, and he's telling me that he wants retail price for this property. And I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, people are you know? losing their minds right now. I mean, they just they don't know what to do. I, I know it's so crazy. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday actually, and um, they're looking for a house to live in, personal home. And, and they're like, you know, they've been looking now for like five years for a house. They can't find what they want. And they're like, some of these people are at, you know, they, <laughs> it was funny. As an investor, I hear this and it drives me crazy. But um, he said, uh, I'm looking at this house and this guy wants, he wants a hundred thousand more than he bought it for. And I said, is it, is, is that the, I mean, is that the going rate? Like, is that the actual going rate? He's like, I don't know, but that seems greedy. And I was like, I mean... House prices are up. People are selling right now. But to your point, I think some people are like overinflating what's happening, right? Like they want they yeah. want to make all the money and more. And, and when their house doesn't really compare to houses that are fully renovated. Exactly. Um, but but exactly. people have to realize we just happen to be in a seller's market. Right? That's just where we are. And if you're looking for 2015 prices in 2021, you're going to no. be disappointed. Um, but yeah, man, I, I hear you. I, I We talk to people all the time. We do a lot of wholesaling. That's mostly what my business is. And uh, and we talk to people all the time. It's like, I, I know prices are up, but calm down a little bit. Like your house is a disaster zone and you're looking for the same price as your neighbor who just renovated their house or had it renovated, right? Totally yeah. insane market we're in. Yeah. My typical response to that is like, sure, you can get that price if you put x into it you know right. whatever it is it's 50 70 100 yep. whatever it is and then of course you get that price but you'd have to get it to that to that yeah. condition yeah and, and, and by the way hurry up that. because we don't know what the market's going to do in the next six months right so exactly you put a hundred thousand exactly. into it and the market starts going down you may not get all that so that this is all the, yep. the wholesaler and me talking like you can do yep. it put a hundred grand into it and hope and pray that the market doesn't shift while you're doing that or just sell it to me right now for the price that makes sense. And exactly, ahead, so. exactly. And, and I think and I think the key to that, you know, for as an investor, whether you're a wholesaler, rehabber, I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're looking at the same numbers pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just to be disciplined and and have a clear understanding of what your buying criteria is, what your numbers are. Um, uh, you know, uh, and I've, I've, you know, I, the way I train, I train our, our acquisitions team is, um, you know, we have, we have a clear cut formula, uh, where we say, okay, if we know the ARV is this, then we need to buy it at this price. Right. Okay. And then once we get into it and we start seeing, okay, the, 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 you know, difference in, in rehab costs, depending on the condition, maybe we'll have to go back and renegotiate and adjust. But, you know, we have, you know, we have to stay within this range so that we have X amount of margin available in the deal because sure. that's, what's going to protect us. You yeah. know, it's one thing to get into it and maybe you don't make as much as you did, but at least, you know, let's say worst case you make, you know, less or you break even, you know, God forbid, but you don't want to lose money, right? Sure. So, yep. Absolutely. So that's that's always the the key. Absolutely. Now, so. I want to dive into this technology that you're working on because it sounds very interesting. I'd love to kind of get the the elevator pitch for what this is and why people should care and why you developed it because I know you 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 kind of say it's like made by us for us kind of a thing, meaning you. It's you made by you made for you, by you, but what does it do and, and why did you even, because building a technology tool is not cheap. So why did mm -hmm. you go down that road? What was the need you were filling? 
Yeah. So last year when COVID hit, uh, you know, there was a, obviously a, kind of a slowdown during, you know, the majority of the year from March all the way through about August or September. And so we were sitting around and, you know, I happened to be in a unique position where um, one of our partners, uh, he he is a software developer, he's a software engineer. And so he he has the knowledge. And, um, you know, he, he specialized in more into the, the financial field, uh, like trading and stuff like that, trading software. Uh, yeah. but, um, but we started talking and, and it's like, well, wouldn't it be neat if we had this, you know, some, a tool out there that could help us, um, you know, with, uh, with, with marketing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and utilizing the, you know, Facebook pixel uh, and, and all these different tools, which, you know, for those of the, the, the other that don't know, you know, Facebook has a feature where obviously they cap, you know, they capture all of your information. They know you better than you do yourself. And so the pixel is, uh, you know, uh, how, how this information, how you're able to target uh, your, your audience that you're, that you're looking for. And, um, and part of my issue was, is that my, you know, I would try to, uh, market through Facebook ads or Instagram ads and my, my, my ads were always getting blocked. (laughs) And so it was very frustrating. And I mean, my account even got shut down at one point and, and, um, I think it had been shut down for, for several months at this time. And I'm like, Hey, can you get my, my account? you know, can you get it open, you know, unblocked again yeah. and get it. And, and how can we, how can I start making at, you know, these um, ads paid ads through social media because we're in real estate. So it's always tricky. It's a special category. Uh, and so one thing led to another and um, uh, we, we designed, we came up with this, with this platform. Uh, we have a proprietary um, algorithm that, that integrates directly with, with Facebook. We actually have a license to integrate directly with Facebook and use their pixel for, for targeting and retargeting audiences okay. um, that 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 we're looking for, and in our case, uh, we're looking for motivated sellers. So we're looking for we were looking for a way to set ourselves apart from the competition. Yeah, uh, because you know everybody's calling leads, you know, cold calling, um, uh, you know, door knocking, sending out mailers. Yeah. So there's always the traditional, you know, the traditional things, and so I was looking for a way to to kind of step out of that box a little bit and, and have more inbound calls, more, more sellers seeking us out. Sure. And so since we also have the retail brokerage, um, we started beta testing it, uh, just looking for sellers and buyers. It's a little bit of a wider net. It's not as niche as, as, as distressed sellers that, yeah. you know, that, that as investors we look for. So I mean, let's go out to a wider market. Uh, and so, um, we started beta testing it with, um, with, with the retail side on the brokerage and we were getting great results. Uh, I mean, we're, you know, on a five to $7 a day ad spent, uh, we were generating hundreds of leads at a cost of 97 cents a lead. Wow. Uh, where we're getting, you know, warm, warm leads actually responding, coming in and we're able to then with the algorithm retarget a lookalike audience. So it's like, we could determine yeah. our exact customer, and then now we can go out and 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 retarget as many of those customers as sure. possible to increase our returns, and uh, and it's been working out great. And so now we've actually decided to to roll it out. Like I said, we've been beta testing it for about a year, and uh, we were our first customer. And now we have several, a uh, couple dozen customers that have been helping us beta test it, and uh, we're getting ready to to launch it uh, officially out to the public. 
but um, you know, it's um, I call it a, a lead gen, a lead generation platform, but it's a lot more than that. Um, it's fully integrated. It's, it, you know, it has obviously a CRM, a dialer. It's integrated with your um, uh, with your IDX website if you're a realtor. Um, and you know, a bunch of other features that, you know, we could sit here and talk about it for sure. hours, but, um, but you know, just in a nutshell, I mean, it's a, it's a great, great tool and that we're very excited to, yeah, that's to be awesome. launching it. <clears throat> you talk about like pay, you know, what it costs per lead. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about like w- what we spend for Google AdWords, for example, right? Sure. Like can be very, very expensive, especially when you talk about the management cost of that, right? The management cost of a Google AdWord campaign is, from my experience, anywhere between $1,500, $2,500 a month, something like that. And that's before an ad goes out, right? That's, and that's, that's before the ad spend. Yeah, yeah. that's before yeah. the ad spend. Exactly. Um, so this sounds like a pretty cool uh, pretty cool platform. How can people find out if you, when you do launch it, where, where should they go? Yeah, I mean, our, our um, website's live. Uh, you can go to isom.com. Isom360.com, www.isom360.com. And um, and you can go ahead and check it out and get all the information there. There's a couple, you can sign up for a free demo. Uh, there's some demo videos so you can get a better <laughs> idea of what it does. Right. And um, and uh, check it out and see if it's something that would work for you. Very cool. That's isum360.com, isum360.com. Go check it out. Man, George, it's been a lot of fun having you on. I appreciate your time. Uh, nothing but luck to you. I love people who innovate and try to come up with better ways to do things that we're all trying to do as real estate investors. And I just gave a presentation uh, last week at Flip Hacking Live, and I told them on stage that leads are the oxygen of your company. Like you have to have leads. If you don't have leads yeah. coming in, you're you're dying. You're, dying. you're just dying, yep. right? It's like somebody choking you. So, uh, some anything to find better quality leads at a better price. I'm um, I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. So thank you for for developing that. Thank you for putting it out there. And hopefully people go check it out. George, man, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it, and best of luck to you the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you so much. Likewise. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. That was a fun conversation. George is a good guy. And uh, that software that he's developing sounds cool. Sounds really, really great, right? It's what pe- it's what we need as investors. We need better, cheaper ways to find leads. And uh, when I was at Flip Hacking Live this past week, uh, it was definitely one of the messages that I gave to folks. Like, stop worrying about all this stuff that you know maybe isn't going to move the needle for your business and start focusing on leads and making offers. That's really in raising money, right? That's really the heart of what we're trying to do as investors. And so any tool that can get us closer to that, I'm in favor of at least checking out and seeing if it if it works, right? And if it makes sense for us. So uh, go out there and find those leads, make offers, raise money, build your business, and stop thinking about it. Go and do it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time.